Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 111 of Confessions of a Market Maker. I'm your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. All Day Ray, a.k.a. Razor Ramon, and I am solo today, the gorilla of House Street. He's out gallivanting Europe, and he couldn't make it. He's torn the lovely country of Turkey. I, I believe Turkey's in Europe, maybe Asia. I don't know. Nonetheless, <laughs> I'm joined here. Our guest, she possesses more than 20 years of Wall Street experience over those 20 years. She's primarily focused on equity trading and technical research for institutional and high net worth clients. She's highly praised for her risk management intraday trading and advising institutional clients as a sell-side technician, an expert at analysis and market strategy. I am talking about Kim Sokoloff. Kim, how's it going? Hi. Hi, hi. Nice to meet you, Ray. Hi. Nice to meet you. Was it was the intro uh, good? Was that good enough? Did I touch on any? Did I miss anything? That was great. I mean, I'm no longer on Wall Street anymore, but that's what I did. I was a behind the scenes technical analyst. Now I'm a CMT for a long time, an oldie. (laughs) Well, awesome, awesome. I'm I'm really looking forward uh, to our conversation here and picking your brain. Um, And I got to give before we get started here, I got to give a shout out to Anne Marie for making this podcast happen. She's yes. awesome. I just met her. I mean, I always knew of her. And then she reached out to me. I'm like, oh, female trader. Yay. You don't get many of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And now she's awesome. Big, big shout out to her. Um, So, so Kim, you seem pretty low key, huh? Like not much on on social media from what I could tell. No, I hate social media. I'm not even I never was on Facebook. I'm mm-hmm. on Instagram, but my dog's on it. Just my dog. <laughs> <laughs> just your dog. What, what type of dog? She's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Okay. Okay. You know what that I, is? I no, I don't. I don't. She's big. She's like an eighty-five pound girl. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Nice. And I'm like five two. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. I got um uh I got a husky down here in Florida, which is pretty <laughs> counterintuitive, but she's a sweetheart. I love her. Oh, they're great. Huskies are amazing, dogs. Super smart. Yeah, they, they really are. I honestly like I after having her. I uh I don't know if I could do another dog. She's she's awesome, but the summer months came like we were talking before. Oh my you god! Know. You got to, do you shave her down? I well, I I brush her. I have one of those brushes, but uh, she's she's she, she's pooped for the whole day. I walk her in the morning. It's hot in the morning. She's just pooped. It's yeah. I feel bad oh, for her. Yeah, my dog's fourteen and a half now. Oh wow! Big dog. I'm like, oh my girl. God bless. God bless. So so Kim, so you began your career in '97. Oh yeah, <laughs> I believe I and I always, you know, on the podcast, the listeners know I always love hearing about people's start in finance. Uh, is this a career that you've had your heart set on, or was it kind of something you stumbled into? Well, no, I mean, I I did a double major in business in college, undergrad, and I graduated college. And I called my dad. I said, "Well, what do I do?" He goes, "You'll find something. You'll find your path." I mean, you know companies came up to school, you know, up to the colleges. And so like, you know, I had an interview at Merrill Lynch and bigger companies. And I'm like, you know what? They were like assistant. I go, I'm going to be serving someone coffee. I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? How do I know what I'm going to like? And, you know, on the a train platform, I overheard these two gentlemen saying that they were looking for a trader's assistant. And I had no idea what a trader was, you know, 97 CNBC wasn't on. You didn't, they didn't talk about stocks like trading and all these kids nowadays open up accounts and trade. And mm-hmm. so I heard this guy saying, you need a trade assistant. And I said, excuse me, sir, can I apply for the job? He's like, who are you? You know, guy in a nice suit. I'm like, hi, I'm Kim. <laughs> He's like, do you have any experience? I'm like, no. He's like, do you have your series seven? I go, no, what's that? I didn't even know what that was. Kids nowadays, they like teach them that stuff in school. Mm-hmm. You know, I went back to my college and taught like a one day class. It was like awesome. They had a whole trading simulation room at my school. Oh, you know, we nice. didn't have that back then. Maybe it would have interested me, but mm-hmm. we didn't have an opportunity. You know, everything, you know, has developed along the way, especially technology. And so, um, you know, I begged the guy for a job three months. He was like, no, no, no. I need someone with experience. And also, you know, he was truthful. He's like, I really, not in a bad way, but he's like, I don't really want to hire a female, a woman. Mm -hmm. He says, I scream. I yell. Uh, He goes, it's not at you. He goes, but I get, it's heat in the moment. It's trading. It's making money. You know, he said, you know, I don't need any problems. (laughs) You know, basically, right? Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't want a lawsuit, you know, because I'm screaming or yelling. He goes, not directed at you. I'm like, no, I have three brothers. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, <Yeah>. it's okay. 
Yeah. And so I begged and begged and begged him. He made, allowed me to come in for an interview and I started. I mean, it was order entry, entering the option stocks and bonds, buy, sell, all that all day long. And 97, the dot com trade through all that. I mean, I was executing at one time over 500 trades a day. It was oh, wow. a retail shop, right? So I yeah. sat in the trading room and that's where I learned. But it was a small shop, but it helped me to learn. You know, when you work at a big company like a Merrill Lynch or Goldman, you're compartmentalized, right? So you do one thing. It's mm. like an assembly line, right? When you work at a small shop, you have to do multiple things, right? So I traded option stocks and bonds. Execution-wise, you know, I wasn't the decision maker, sure. but it helped me learn a lot from my path. Okay, okay, interesting. Um, so take, I guess kind of take me through the the progression of your career. When... When did you really start, you know, I guess maybe executing or, or making the decisions uh, yourself? Um, well, I worked at my at first job for four years. Mm -hmm. And then I said to my boss, I said, how do I trade a million shares of stock? And he goes, well, you would have to leave us. He goes, I see you want to grow. He goes, I could help you because, you know, I mean, he was being, you know, he was like, Oh, our little girl wants to go. Like he'd always call me his little girl, you know, <laughs> she wants to grow. And I'm uh -huh. like, yeah. And so he said, you know, you have to go to an institutional shop. And so he said, I could help you, you know, back then, you know, he knew someone at Payne Weber, which is UBS. <laughs> okay. All right. And, um, and then I would look in the paper and <laughs> in the newspaper <laughs> for jobs and Brown <laughs> Brothers Harriman was looking for a trader. And so I applied for the job and I, you know, I knew someone there that was in human resources and they were able to get me an interview and I had an interview it was like nine hours of interview. And I wound up on the trade and deaths of Brown Brothers Harriman. And that's where I learned. And that's where I discovered technical analysis. Oh, okay. Okay. Interesting. So, so would you say like the, uh, the, the first shop you worked at did, I, I mean, I'm sure you picked up at least a, like a little things here and there, or were you really yeah. like you were, or did you feel, did you feel equipped when you first got this, this new job or? Yeah. I mean, yes. And yes. I mean, I was taught how to execute, to learn mm -hmm. about stocks, trade breaks, everything. Mm -hmm. Right. But now you're getting, you know, mutual funds or hedge funds calling in. They'd say, buy me example, a million shares of XYZ stock spread it across the day and beat the VWAP. Back then, there was no machines. Okay. Now they have yep. machines. So what I would do is I'd pull up these charts. And, I, you know, a gentleman next to me would show me the charts, but, he, you know, he wasn't detailed in them. And I'd be like, wow, because you want to buy, if a, someone's buying, you want to buy on dips in a VWAP, right? A volume right. weight average price. You want to keep buying at the lows of the day and you keep adding, adding, adding. And it was so interesting because, like, I would use these charts. I'm like, what is this? What is this? I'm like, is there a test for this? And one of the analysts of Brown Brothers Harriman overheard me speaking. And he said to me, he goes, there is, there's an exam called CMT, Chartered Market mm -hmm. Technician. And so back in like 2002, I started studying for the CMT and I passed all three levels, I think in 2005. You know, so nice. I went through that program. I thought it was amazing. And I've been at CMT ever since. <laughs> excellent. 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 Okay. So just, just a quick second to shout out our good friends of the podcast, Apex Trader and Top Step Funding. Any listener of this podcast that has the skills to pass an evaluation can become a prop trader fully funded by either Apex or Top Step Funding. Our own micro e-futures trading community has many members who are now fully funded. No need to trade with your own money. Keep 90% of the profits. To learn more, you can visit our website at micro efutures.com uh so so kim I, I guess tell me about um you know a little bit your start of trading did you did you have any struggles did you take well to it at first um just yeah just kind of just curious on the learning curve well yeah so i would use the charts for the vwap orders so on the desk you know I was called like the VWAP queen on the desk because they were like, oh, she's beating it not just by a penny. She's being by eight cents, five cents, 10 cents. You know, I was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, go. I was like, I'm looking at the charts, look at the charts. And I thought it was really cool and really interesting. Um, you know, but you have to remember, you're not, I wasn't given recommendations. I was still an order taker, right? So mm -hmm. you're sitting on an institutional desk, you take an order. I mean, they left you with the order during the day and they'd say, hey, you know, Here's here's the shares just spread across the day and beat the VWAP, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And mm -hmm. so that's why I did. It it took till later on. Um, 
when I left there and started to have a little bit of a following with certain portfolio managers and I started working with them that like, I really had to get in the trenches and that's when like, you know, let's say, you know, I was on the line every day with my recommendations. You mm-hmm. know, I only got paid based upon my performance, you yeah. know, how well I did. That took a few years to get to that level, but you know, it was great. And how, and how did you take to that, Kim? Cause I know, you know, this is not obviously for everyone, right? Like some people will, <laughs> will buckle under that pressure, right? It's, it's a different, like being paid to perform as opposed to just getting a solid paycheck. Was that ever an issue for you or like, how did you just take to that? No, I mean, well, obviously at Brown Brothers, you were salaried and then bonus, but then after Brown Brothers, I went more the commission route, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was more, you know, me to bring in clients. And then eventually it was, you know, for me to bring in clients that I could perform for. So I had a couple of hedge fund managers that I worked with one-on-one. I helped them manage their risk. I made stock recommendations within their universe. Like if they were a tech PM or retail PM, or, you know, if it was a trust company, you know, they ran in different sectors. Um, I would tell them, you know, when to add to get more aggressive on short-term trades, long-term trades, if Mm -hmm. they had an interest in a stock and I'd say not now, they'd be like, okay, let me know when. And it could be a week, two weeks or three weeks down the road. I'd say, okay, you can start building a position now for a long-term view, you know, um, but yeah, I was, you were only, you know, you had to work, you know, it was based upon performance. So, you know, if I made the guy money, he, you know, he traded with the firm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Sure, sure. Um, when, um, when I, I was just kind of like uh, reading some of the stuff I could, you know, um, your LinkedIn or like, you know, finding some uh, stuff online. Um, were you ever an, an analyst? Um at all? Was that one of the positions you've held? Yeah, I was always, I, I'm a technical analyst, meaning, yeah. I'm a, you know, I'm a CMT, so I'm a technical analyst. But um, I, I published really, just like once in my career, I pu- published a, like a morning little note or whatever, but I'm really not a publishing analyst. I was much yeah. more behind the scenes. So back then, you know, in 2000, when I passed the CMT back then, back then, 2005, really the CMT was mostly all analysts. You know, it was, they wanted analysts and they really didn't have traders and they were kind of like, okay, well, she passed all three levels of the CMT, but they were debating whether to give me the designation. And I said, Oh my gosh, like, why would I have taken this if I didn't have, want the designation? Of course I want the designation. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, we have to open this up to other people, not just analysts that publish a piece. You know, we have to open this up to traders because, I mean, you're a trader, right? Use technicals. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, right? What trader doesn't, right? Yeah. So, you know, or I would think uh, a trader uses it more than an analyst sometimes, right? That writes a piece. And some analysts have never traded before in their life. Yeah, yeah, and and that's what I was was really trying to get at because I know um I, I I love the guy. He's actually he's down here in Florida. I've gone out to eat with him, Walter Deemer. He was an analyst. Like I mean, he started like in the fifties or something. Oh yes, he's great. I love him. He's awesome. He's funny too. Real real funny personality. I never met him, but I follow him. I like him. Yeah, he's he's great. Um, and uh, he told me he was an analyst. This always makes me laugh. He was an analyst because he couldn't be a trader. Like it's just a different, you know, for him it's just. He didn't exactly. have that skill set. Um, and so I, you know, I was, I was just curious because, you know, some people can, some people can like be both an analyst and a trader. I, I don't know. I was just. Well, I'm, I mean, I make recommendations every day. You know I mean? I pick stocks and all that stuff. So I am making recommendations. I'm just sure. not a publishing analyst, right? You know what? Yeah. I can't write. I don't like to write. Let's go. I'm going to buy here and I'm going to sell here <laughs> yeah. to the point. I mean, I remember taking the CMT exam, the third level is all essay. And I was like, guys, I can't write. I called every day. I said, I said, can I just do bullet points? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do bullet points because I really stink at writing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I love it. I, I love the people that just like just uh, just traders, you know, like uh, forget everything else. I just want to trade. I just, I just want to trade. I love yeah. trading. It's great. <laughs> And yeah. it's very difficult and it's very hard and you just have to be very disciplined. <laughs> yes, 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 you do. Was that was that something you disciplined? Was that ever ever something you ever struggled with or Oh yeah, of course, don't we all? I mean, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I would think I would think most traders get uh you know, hit in the face a few times. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. But now I know, you know, I'm much better at it. I know my risk. If I'm not feeling a trade intraday, I'll just stop out. If I feel like staying something longer, I want to like add to a position, like a short trade, I'll add mm-hmm. to it. Um, 
you know, shorts are very hard. You know, if I make recommendations, I kind of just say, hey, shorting is very hard. I do it much smaller than my longs all the time, you know, because the market's right. like, you know, I always say the market's like a ball. You push it under the water, it pops back up, you know, yeah. so <laughs> have to be careful on the short side. It's it's definitely, and, and I'm uh, I'm someone who does like shorting, but it, it is. Me it's too. Tougher. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do. I love shorting. There's just something about it when it just falls off a cliff, right? It's just right. It's quicker. It's just a nicer feeling, but it is tougher though, right? It, it's a very hard. And, and yeah, you have to be careful. Um, so, so I guess, Kim, um, you're trading your own money now, right? Off of, off of Wall Street, off of, you know, off of that, right? Um, I guess just one- built up throughout the years, you know? Yeah. 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 Awesome. So I guess just tell me about like, how was the transition? How do you like just, you know, trading your own money? And well, yeah. Right. yeah. Well, yeah. at first it was scary, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know when you, when you first started, right. You know, finally like entering the order and I'd be so fast to take a profit and my, my heart was fluttering or whatever and everything. And, and, you know, people say you can't teach someone to, you could show them the ins and outs, but you really, the only way to learn is to have screen time and actually do it Yeah, and hit the button. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about, oh, paper trading, but you could try that for a week, but you just have to get in it. You know what I mean? It's like, get in, you know, and figure it out. And you know, if you're not comfortable, then maybe you're too big in size. You know, in the beginning, you start very small, whether you're, I mean, and I'm saying small, where you might not make money for a long time. I'm saying like, you know, let's do like 20 shares, do 50 shares, do 10 shares, get comfortable with the movement. Because some stocks I always talk about it trade very wide. You know, like, like a NVIDIA trades wide today, it drops down to like 414, 413. And now it's back up at like almost 419 wide movement. You got to be able to take, if you're on the long side, you got to be able to, or the short side, you have to be able to take that movement, you know, and if you, and if you want to just trade smaller, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, to, to, to compensate for the, the The wide movements. Yeah, because if you if you're going in too heavy, you could get stopped out, and then your right. idea actually does work out. Correct. Isn't that the most frustrating? Oh, by far. <laughs> I'm like that happens. That happens all the time to every trader, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It does. Oh it God. does. It does. But I, yeah, I, I love what you said, Kim. It, you know, uh, about getting in there and, and learning it for yourself, because like you could read all the books, and, and I think this goes for any subject, right? You could read all the books in the world, doing all the studying, but like nothing replaces actual like practice. Right. Like getting in there and doing it. No. Yeah. So people always say, oh, what's your favorite trading book? And it's like, you know, it's really hard because I read amazing trading books. They're great, but nothing's going to help you. And you're going to learn. I mean, you should learn about technical analysis. If you like technical analysis, if you like fundamental analysis, learn about fundamental analysis. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's not going to, you know, it could help you to stay with the pattern, like how to make money in stocks, William O'Neill, you know, if you're a long-term trader, long-term investor, I mean, those things are great to teach you to stay with something, but it's like, you really just have to get the feel for yourself. And, you know, when they talk about psychology, I mean, the market is like, you know, negs you out, but I feel like you have to handle it for yourself and, you know, and, you know, go exercise, go for a run if you're stressed out, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, you know, figure out a way, you know, to, you know, decompartmentalize, you know, and yeah. right. For sure. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something we have to learn for ourselves. And, you know, I, I, I guess to that point, Kim, if um you are maybe like, let's say you had a bad day, bad week, or, you know, going through some, a downturn, what would, is there anything that you like go to for you to just kind of like, maybe just reset yourself or, well, I run. I'm a runner. Oh, nice. Me too. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, sprinter. I I don't do any crazy. I'll do I'll do some sprints. Um, I'll run maybe a few miles here and there, but I'm not like crazy. Maybe you're probably. Uh, how far are you running? No, no, no. I run like three or four miles. Oh, like, okay. Maybe okay. like four or five days a week. That's it. And I'm not like a. I'm not a marathon runner. I um was in a bad car accident as a kid when I was young, oh. and so like, yeah. I mean, I'm fine. Meaning, you know, I broke my hip as a kid, but I've had surgeries as an adult. You know, it's my hip. It's just arthroscopic stuff. Um, but you know, so like, I'm like, I'll do three or four miles. I love it because I ran varsity track in high school and I enjoy oh, it. Nice. And it just, you know, it just like, it just like 
it like, I don't know, it's like a stress reliever. Yeah, I had a bad uh, day or I made a bad choice or like, why did I do that? You know what I mean? I think it through while I'm running. I think I talk to myself, even though I'm the music blaring, I think I'm talking to myself. People on the street must be like, look at that crazy person go by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It, it just, it just, um, it always puts me in just like a different, um, yeah, well, I guess it's like, it's probably like chemical too, like, like the, the right. endorphins. It's your endorphins get going, right? It just puts you in a different state of mind. Um, and that's, yeah, same thing for me, Kim. That's always been like, if I'm going through a tough time, exercise, whether it's the weight, weights are running, um, always helps me big time. Oh, I have to get more into weights. It's so hard. You know, like, like you were probably like, Oh, weights are easy. I'd rather do that versus the cardio. I'm like, I'm like, Oh, weights. I'm like, Oh God. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I I grew up playing sports, you know, so it's, it's, I was, I was lucky, like, you know, you started working out when it started, you know, started playing football and like hockey and that stuff. And so just kind of like to the point where it's like, I like it. I just, it's just what I do, you know? And um, you're a Long Island boy. Yes. And I'm a Long Island boy. Yes. Yes. Um, so, um, so to the, yeah, you also, you mentioned, uh, psychology. Is there, um, yeah, I don't know. Was there anything you, you struggled with? Maybe like, um, psych, cause this game, I think is more, between our ears right like i think a lot of times um it's it's more of a mental game than i think anything maybe you disagree i don't know but um yeah just maybe maybe talk to to that end of trading yeah i I, i'm i'm one of those people like i say i don't give up you know if Mm. i screw up i'm gonna come back the next day and you know try to kick butt you know what i mean like like i say to myself okay i got it wrong next move on i had to teach myself that Next, move on. And then, you know, I'm going to catch the next one. I'm going to do better next time. And that's what I have to tell myself. I'm like, God, you know, like I go, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're not going to have a good day every day. You're just not. That's not the way it works. But if you're consistent and you manage your risk, you'll survive the game. You know, not that it's a game, but, you know, you'll survive. Right. So you have to, you know, I just kind of say, okay, I get back on that saddle and get back in it the next day even though like i'm like god why did i do that you know yeah yeah well i I think that's probably one of the great best traits to have as a trader right that resiliency um because yeah because if you fold and you get too upset you're not you know you got to have that like i I feel yeah i feel the same way it's like if i mess up and like yeah i might be really upset with myself oh like you should know better why'd you do that but the next day i'm ready to get back at it like let me make up for it like yeah exactly yeah Right. Exactly. I'm like, I'm like, okay, how am I going to, every day it's like, hmm, how am I going to make money today? Right. That's what I do. I sit here, I go, what are we going to do? I'm like, hmm, that's what I do. Yeah. It was tougher. You know, the market's down, you know, it, you know, you had a gap down, so it's hard to short, you know, I I mean, it could be a gap and go straight down or a gap and pop, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to tell. It's also a holiday week. You know, we, I did well Monday and yesterday today, you know, had some, winners in there but it, it's difficult you know like sometimes on a holiday week people are like really not around so the market's kind of like doing whatever it wants to do yeah um, and you know it's just day by day we always say that right yep, yeah yeah day by day so yeah so let's um yeah i think it's a good good segue to talk about um i guess kind of like your style of trading um yeah so i guess yeah do you want to kind of just go over um yeah let's go over your style <laughs> So I kind of keep it very simple. Um, I'll do like little bounce trades, gap trades. Um, do you look at gaps at all? And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I love playing gap trade. Yeah, that's like yeah. the first thing I look for, actually. Yeah. Right. So I'll do gap trades. Um, let's see. Um, I'll, I use moving averages. I use the eight and 21 day near term. I look at the 200 day, you know, as a powerful moving average. Sometimes oh. when a stock slices through it, you know, you get really good movement. Like you could look at UPS over the past few days, you know, it yeah. started to get explosive above the 50 of the 200, you know, really started to break out. Um, I look at sometimes how a stock moves, let's say on the long side, how it triggers if it breaks above the previous day high. Mm-hmm. And if it could keep going, right? <clears throat> Look at PayPal. PayPal's been in a nice flag. Not today. It got hit like everything else. But like the past few days, you see a break out of a nice wedge. And, you know, I, you know, I recommend that I spoke about it. I traded it, you know. So you, I look about, I look at patterns like bull flags, bear flags. Okay. You can take a look at Qualcomm today. I've been saying it looked bear flaggy for a while and it broke down today. 
Um, okay. Yeah, I kind of keep it simple. Do you? Good. I, I think simple is the, uh, I, I forget whose quote is, is not original thought of mine, but they say simplicity is the greatest form of sophistication. Ah, I like that. And I, I 100% believe that. Yeah. I, and, I, and overboard, oversold conditions. Like I look at all that, of course, you know, yeah. um, I keep it very simple and I look at the pattern. Yep. Yep. So simplicity for sure. Um, VWAP queen, are you using any uh, VWAP as an indicator these days or no? No, I know. And I have to like start using it. I think it would probably help. I, you know, and I, like, I'm like tech antiquated. So I have to figure out on here, how do I get it <laughs> on my screen? Yeah. <laughs> or like, you know, the guy, Brian Shannon, he's a fellow CMT. He does yeah. I love Brian. Yeah. So I have to uh, figure out how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll no, have to show I, me a tutorial. I I love Brian. Uh, he he's really influenced a big deal of my trading. Um, yeah. you know, uh, I love his, the the V the anchored VWAP. Um, yes. it's been very useful for me. I think like just in uh, identifying where uh, you know, where the buyers or sellers are. We got some large buyers coming in, and you know, I I, I like trend. I like trend trading. Um, right. that's not not the only not the only style of trading I'll do, but I that's right. uh, probably my favorite style. Right, right, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, what's what's kind of interesting to me, Kim, from what I can understand, is uh, you're a very short term trader. Usually, a lot of people who come from the institutional side, uh, definitely longer horizon. So, so what what's what's the typical time frame uh, you're working on here? I'm in for like a couple months. You know, something. Oh, okay. But but no, I do trade very short term. Yeah. Very short term, like intraday trades. Like um, today I traded NVIDIA to the long side, you know, little bounce trades, Apple for a bounce trade. Um, mm. But I do have a longer term account and, you know, I'll put like, you know, when the spies were down, like maybe like uh, 40 points lower. So let's say I bought them or, you know, I bought the SSOs, right, which is a leveraged version of um, you know, I bought the SSOs, let's see, around 40 bucks and I kicked it out around, out around 53.50 or so, you know, and that I had in my long-term account. I said, Hey, I'm keeping that there. Here's my target. Let's see if it heads there. And it went up in January, went down and came back up and I stayed with that. That's like my longer term account, you know, so I'll stay and stuff, but really I like moves intraday and I, I want to take my money and go. Yeah. 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 Cool. Cool. I like that. Are you, are you short term or long term or? No, I'm a fairly short term. Uh, mostly, I'll say mostly I'm in and out in a day. Um, maybe mm-hmm. like for, for a few hours. I like to, you know, try and catch a move all day if possible, depending. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I like swing trading too. Um, but yeah, rarely am I holding more than like three, four days. Right. Um, right. That's just exactly uh, get in, get out. That's what I like. Get to in, do. get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, uh, let's see. Um, do you, so, so me personally, um, you know, and I'll give you a chance to talk about the, the, the trading room you're a part of too, as well. Um, we were discussing this a little bit beforehand, um, to where, you know, I'm a part of a trading room, um, given like recommendations I'm trading too. And like, one of the things I always see Kim is people really get stuck on like, oh, well, Powell was saying this or, oh, the news headlines is this, um, but like at the same time, I like to look at catalysts. I like to see what's like driving, potentially driving a stock. But I know for some people it can be very tricky um, parsing through maybe is the right word to say the news. Um, I, I guess like, did you have any general thoughts on like, um, I, I guess like paying attention to the news or like, do you totally ignore it? Um, just fully technical. Um, I am fully technical. Mm-hmm. I mean, so I don't pay attention to fundamentals, but I will pay attention if some of these Fed speakers, because... They speak a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. And 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 they do move the market, right? Mm-hmm. So I pay attention to economic data, which is mostly out pre-market, right? So I pay attention to CPI. Obviously, everything right now has to do with inflation, right? Yeah. So we'll see how that, you know, um, I'll see how the stocks act after 830, after a CPI report. I'll see how they act because what I liked at maybe 7 in the morning is not what I like at 930 in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. And then I sometimes I have to see the way things trade, right? So like yesterday was, you know, the Fed minutes, which really we kind of know. I mean, I don't know why people get so crazy over the Fed minutes because um, we kind of know what, you know, it's yeah. in the past, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But still, it really didn't do much yesterday. The market was kind of down or flat. Um, 
you know, I wound up doing like three or four trades yesterday morning and they were successful and I left at that and I walked away. And I always try to tell people like I have a tendency. I think the morning's better for me. Some people trade better in the afternoon. I trade better in the morning, not so much in the afternoon, but, um, you know, I always try to tell people all you need is one good trade. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or if, if you have two, it's a great day. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I hit four, wow, that's spectacular, but then walk away. You know, I always tell them, like, walk away from the table, get your hand off the keyboard. You know what I mean? I try to, like, say that to the room. You know, I say, I say, I'm like, step away, like a joker. I'm like, back away. (laughs) You know, just say, hey, I had a great day. Walk away. Don't push it because odds are the next one could be a fail, you know, and you lose money, right? And then you're going to kick yourself and why did you do that? Yep. And if it was successful, it doesn't matter. There's another day tomorrow, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone wants to just make money, but you have to learn first. Of course, we all want to make money trading, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm much better. I would say probably most of my trades (laughs) are in the morning. Um, It's just more, just more movement. Yeah, there's just more movement, right? Um, Right. And it's going to have to be something very glaring, obviously, obvious for me to take something in the afternoon. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So, so one of the uh, one of the phrases I had in the the intro for you that I found was that you're highly praised for your risk management. How do you how do you personally assess risk? Well, so I for me personally, mm-hmm. okay. So everybody's different. So, like, if I run a trading room, I go, guys, my risk might be different than yours, and then or someone else in the room. You know, mm-hmm. they could be someone in the room that's extremely well off and could take a bigger risk than I can. So I don't look next. I look, say, hey, here's my dollar amount. Here's what I'm willing to risk today, whether yeah. it's two grand, whatever it is. That's my risk. Or if I say, hey, this stock is breaking down. No good. I'm out. You know what I mean? Um, if I want to, you know, I might keep a hedge on like a VIX trade throughout. Um, you know, I know we've had a run up. Things have gone down. You know, you know, I manage my risk in the sense that I say, okay, more, let's say, dollar amount. Or I say, you know what, I'm completely absurd and it's breaking all levels and whatever it is. And I just say in the room, I go, if I don't stop out, that doesn't mean you shouldn't. You have to know your risk, whether it's two points, one point, three points, five points, you know, like everybody, but you just have to stay with it. You know, meaning you have to stay with your, your, your risk tolerance. Yeah. 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 You got to, uh, you got to honor it, right? You got to honor it. You can't, uh, you can't be in there in a trade and then like, oh, okay, I'm going to, Right. And you could give it, you you know, because you don't know what's going to do the next day. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's always, you know, it's it's right. And everybody, I think, struggles with the risk part. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody does. Yeah. I I think I I still kind of do. Right. Because I. I, Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because it's a it's an estimation. It's um, yeah, it's it, it could be tough. Are you are you someone, Kim, that has price like price targets, profit targets? Yes. Yeah, you are. Okay. Yes. Um, how do you, so how, how would you determine um, a profit target? I know, I, I know, and I know it might change, obviously, but. Right, right. Like Google yesterday, right? So I look at it, let, let's say, let's just say how it changes, right? So let me just look so I remember. So like Google yesterday was breaking, um, let's say a moving average around 120.80 or so, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I said 120.80. There's potential for this name to move a buck higher to 122, um, 120. Let me say it was like 12080. I said you could, I said, I said, looks like potential up for at least a buck to 12180 and potentially 122. And so I give targets all the time. I said here, you know, this is where I'm looking to buy right here. And here's my target. I use targets based upon averages, previous days high, sometimes gap fill, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes. You know, in a fast market, I'll take 50 cents or 70 cents and move on. I, and, I'll, and I'll say, hey, just because I take it quick, that doesn't mean it can't keep going, that it has potential to this next level. Okay, so some traders will stay in it longer than I will. Sure. And that's totally fine. I say, hey, guys, I go, I'm selling here, but there is potential higher to here, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, because sometimes people might be like, oh, why are you getting out so fast? You know, well, okay, so I might take a chunk and move on, right? 
Yep. Yep. Per- personal, personal mm-hmm. preference there for sure. Right. Right. Um, so I, I guess, um, pre-market, are you, are you doing a lot of, uh, pre-market work, um, post-market work? How, how are you, um, I guess like what's the watch list looking like for, uh, for the day? Yeah. 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 So pre-market, you know, I'm in front of my computer like early, like, you know, 6.45 or so looking over names. And sometimes if you have news out changes at 8.30, you're like, okay, well that didn't, sure. <laughs> I have no interest in that name today. Right. <laughs> That's what happens. Right. So sometimes you look yeah. and then you say, okay, well that was counterintuitive, <laughs> you know, but, uh, or sometimes, you know, a stock, you know, a stock that I'm in might get executed. Um, you know, I was short Apple from last week and it got executed yesterday pre-market. It would have been better if I held it to today. It went lower in the morning, but <laughs> name of the game, right? Yeah. <laughs> Should have, yeah. would have, could have. Right. So, you know, I do pre-market work. I look at names. I have a list. I write down, I, you know, I, I have a, if you want to see my chicken scratch, I'm pen and paper and you want to laugh. I mean, I you can't even read it. I like have the worst handwriting. I mean, it, <laughs> can you even see any of that? I mean, it's like, it's like chicken scratch. I put this, yeah. in, I write like a fourth grader. Oh man. <laughs> I love it. And I write my levels and this and that. And I have my list day and day. I, I get like, go buy like a, a dollar pad and I go fly through pads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see it. I got, I got the notebook. Oh, it's not showing. I got the notebook right next to me too. Um, um, I love, I Kim, I love it. Um, And, you know, maybe it made me feel better about this. Um, I always, I always felt like this, that like I retain information better if I write it down. Right. Like, I, the, yes. and I think they're starting to show studies that like that is, I don't know how scientifically they figured this out, but they're saying that, yeah, like you retain things better or certain people yeah. maybe return to uh, retain things better writing it down. So, yeah, I love writing love it down because it. it helps me. And then I say my level, like this morning I had Apple at a level of like one ninety fifty, meaning as mm-hmm. a target, if I decide to buy it, I had to see the way it traded. Right. You know, I had to see the way NVIDIA traded. I said, okay, let NVIDIA pull in and let's see if I could trade it back to the high of the day today. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I, I love writing it down and it helps me like remember. And then I also set alerts, which I don't do as well. Set alerts. Yep, yeah. Yeah. We'll set alerts. Yeah. yeah Cause yeah. otherwise you, you miss stuff. You'll miss stuff. Yeah. I got to move on. Keep looking. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Right. And sometimes you miss it anyway because other alerts are going wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, there it went anyway. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny. It's funny you bring this up because I was just thinking about this this morning because, you know, I'm I'm in a trade. Um, There's two other trades I potentially want to take. But like this, this trade is moving fast and it's really taking up a ton of my attention. Um, I guess like do do you ever like uh struggle maybe juggling trades or like maybe, you know, any tips on like how you handle like a scenario like that? Yeah, sometimes some days you have trade after trade, right? And some days yeah. it's like, wow, and they were successful, successful. And I'm like, oh my God, this name's setting up. Holy cow. Like five minutes later, another name's setting up. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, and I try to like say, hey, if I'm in a trading room, like, I'm going to take this, but okay, I'm not taking that one. You know what I mean? But hey, yeah. you guys want to take both or take one or take all or take none? That's up to you. You know, but like, you know, some days it's like, wow, you got the momentum flowing. So maybe, I mean, one day I did like eight trades. I was like, holy cow, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and knock on wood, they were, oh, I think maybe one loser, but I was like, okay. I was like, how did that happen? You know, eight trades. I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of trades in a day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's sure. not typical. <laughs> yeah. 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 Do you ever, um, I, I think I've definitely gotten better with this over time, but do you ever, um, have to force like not putting it like let's say it's like a slow day right and maybe things are just not setting up for you um are you okay with just sitting back no trading or i i am i am i feel like though like that i run a trading room i feel like you know they want to trade so sometimes i feel like okay you know and sometimes they say hey i've you know a lot of times something sets up right but sometimes you just feel like oh I don't really have anything. And you know what? I hate trading Fridays. Fridays, I think, are like the worst trading day. You know, mm-hmm. you have option expiration every week. Um, sure. You know, it just, it's, sometimes it's the movement in it. I mean, do you ever look at stocks? Some Fridays are great where it's like, wow, we did well. I feel like it's a 50-50, you know, my hit rate on Fridays go down. Like, it's like, oh, some Fridays are amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like four, you know, it's great trades. And then some days it's like, oh, I made two. I lost two. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just like, oh. Yeah, you know, Fridays can have, be yeah, but, Fridays can be hit or miss. Yeah, right. no, I, I agree. They can be hit or right. miss. 
I try I try not to think about it though. I, I try and just like treat every day just like Yeah, I just know it's usually it's sometimes just a day. It's like rummy trading, you know? Like I'm like, ah, oh, and then sometimes it's great, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I, I, I really try and um be strict with myself as far as like the inputs I take in, right? Like, oh, it's Friday. Oh, it's like, okay, no, no. Like, what's the chart saying? Like, what's right, like, exactly. let me just look at the chart. Like, right, right. But sometimes even if the chart is sent up and everything looks good, it's it's the way they move. I think sure, it has to do with option yeah. expiration. I, sometimes I think it's like funky, right? Sometimes I'm not an option trader, you know? Yeah, me <laughs> I, neither. I just, tra- I just trade stocks. And sometimes you get the movement in these stocks. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> well, that is a good point. That is a good point. The, the behavior, right. it, some could be setting up, but like the behavior is a little bit off. Right. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So that's why, that's what I mean in that For aspect. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good thing to be aware of. No, ab- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, so Kim, has your trading over the years, has it evolved at all? Or are you kind of more or less trading, you know, similarly? Um, it has evolved because I think, I think I've gotten better. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you get better at something, right? I mean, you're never, yeah. never perfect. Hey, if you think you're going to beat the market, nah, uh, uh, it's going to whip you in the face. Right. But I think I've gotten better to know my style and what has potential to do well, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, is it worth taking the trade or not take trade? And sometimes I say, Oh, geez, I took the, you make mistakes. I took the trade. Why did I take that trade? Right. Mm-hmm. I should have stopped. Um, but I think I've gotten better with my style because I think. You know, people have trading rooms and it's it, it's hard to follow someone else's trades. I think you have to develop your own style. Definitely. And, you know, someone could help you and guide you a little bit. You really but you really have to de- develop yourself. You shouldn't copy someone else because, you know, if I'd see other traders trade, you know, like I always say, I would love to see my professional idol trade. You know, I mean, that would never happen. He's too successful. <laughs> he wouldn't invite me. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who is it? Oh, you're going to laugh. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Steve Cohen. Oh, okay. All right. My professional idol because he is probably one of the greatest traders to ever exist. Now, I heard like he was like unbelievable, like trader, like unbelievable. And I I never just wanted to just meet him. I wanted to sit next to him and watch him trade. Yeah. That would be like my dream. Mm -hmm. Like just to watch a master trade. You know, a lot of people had mentors. I didn't have a mentor, you know, that said, Hey, come sit next to me. Let me, let me help you through this. I had to learn on my own, you know? Well, that could be a strength though, too, Kim. I I think in certain respects, um, not that having mentors is bad, but I've heard, I don't want to say a counter argument, but like, I guess the strength of like learning on your own is that like, it's kind of like, um, no, in, like sometimes having no influence is a good is a good thing. Like getting in there, learning in it yourself, and especially in a tra- trading, which is so personal, right? Like right. you, like you learn yourself, you learn your style. Um, because I think a lot of times people can develop bad habits too, right? Early on, or right. Which in- sometimes I wish someone I had someone there to like guide me a little bit. You know what I mean? Sure. I felt yeah. like, like every even throughout my career, I feel like I had to teach myself, kind of. Um, it wasn't like some guy on a big trading desk took me under his wing and said, hey, learn this way, do it this way, which is not necessarily the only way. You know, everybody has a different way of doing things. But, you know, I wish I had that opportunity, let's say. For sure. For you know, sure. I mean, not saying anything, but, you know, Wall Street back then was a good old boys club. You know what I mean? And I love them. They're all my buddies or whatever it is. But, you know, sometimes you, you know. Sometimes I wish I had that little extra. And also being a CMT, a technical analyst, you know, they don't always hire us. <laughs> really? Yeah. No? No. Meaning, uh, you know, the fundamental people, the CFAs get hired, uh, but they don't hire the technicians as much. That's messed up. Whereas one of like a great portfolio manager who I know is a CMT and a CFA. And he goes, when I'm putting on a position and he's a big portfolio manager, he goes, when I'm putting on a position, he goes, I'm looking at the charts. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. He goes, right. I am looking at the charts and he goes, I could tell the clients I'm looking at the fundamentals. He goes, well, I'm looking at the charts. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, you know, you know, we were talking about like talking about like trading rooms and stuff. And I, I think, um, yeah, it's tough. Like I try and tell people that too. Like, it's like, don't, it's my personal opinion. I think it's more like, like learning from somebody like trading is like, I want to like learn your thought process is not 
you know, or, or like, yeah, how, how you landed on a trade, maybe not necessarily just mimic. I want to know, like, yeah, I, I, so I want to know how, how you think about it. And I think right. you could take that and then you take that and then you personalize it, you know, for yourself and, and your style of trading. Right. And that's what I try to explain to people in the trading room too. It's like, this is why I did this. This is the type of trade I'm trying to do. Sometimes I do counter trend trades, right? You know, stock pops up in the morning. I might take a short. People say, well, why would you do that? You know, stock's going higher. You know, it, you know, sometimes it's, you know, you have a gap and go where it keeps going, but then there's always a point where it pulls in a little bit. You know what I mean? And sometimes I try to cap that capture that counter trend trade, which it okay. could be killer, but <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right. Nice. So what's a, we, we, we talk about the room. Why, why don't you plug the room? What's the uh, just tell us a little bit about it. Tell the listeners. I'm sure they're curious. Oh, oh, it's it's called um, Stock Market Media. You know, um, find me there. We do like a YouTube channel like every morning at like 915. Um, JC's on that. JC Perrette. Um, uh, we're on that together. I hop on 915, talk about stock that I might be interested for the day. And then I hop in the room um, and you know, it's fairly new, like a year old. Almost. Well, no, like last October started it um, and it's going well and people seem to like it. You know, it's different. It's different like having a room speaking and then putting a trade on and then <laughs> then sometimes you miss trades and you're like, oops, guys, I missed it. Hopefully you caught it. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, you're looking at other things for them, right? So you're looking at other opportunities for people and then all of a sudden you're like, oh gosh, you know? <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. And we were we were talking a little bit off air about that. Yeah, like I, you know, I asked you that question about um, maybe like days when there's not much to do. And, you know, I, I really don't a busy day for me might be like four trades. You know what I mean? I don't right. I, I don't trade too much. Um, I think of myself more patient, but there'll be some days maybe I like maybe not a trade. And I used to feel like, oh, well, people are coming in the room and paying for a trade and I'm not trading. And I, I feel like a little maybe searching too hard for something I normally wouldn't take if it's just me take. right? Exactly. Just me at the computer by myself, you know? So that was like a little something I had to like, right. Exactly. Don't, don't fall into that trap, you know? Right. Right. right, right. Exactly. Um, I know that that's the trap too. Like so that is, cause sometimes you feel like y'all oh, have to look, I have to find something for, for people. And also sometimes like, you know, you want to have a couple of ideas there because what if someone misses that trade, they could capture the next trade, you know, yeah, so you'll yeah. have like at least a couple going on, you know, you know, and they have an interest, they can pick and choose what they like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Right. And I, but I think it's good. I think it's good uh, to like, um, you know, maybe you feel similarly, but like, um, not that I thought I had problems with accountability, but it's like, okay, I'm putting my thoughts out public, you know what I mean? And it's just oh. more holding me responsible or making me think second, a second, you know, twice. Okay. Do I want to just really want to want to tell people, you know? And so I, I think it's good in, in that respect though, um, as well. Yes. And you're accountable to yourself. And, yeah. you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I joke around, I say in the trade room, I said, you know, you see what I'm buying, you see what I'm selling and I alert them first. So they know, you know, they could, they could get in the trade or whatever it is. And I trade liquid names, um, mm. very liquid names or whatever, but it's almost like, it's like running naked, you know, down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because, sure. Because it's like, you know, you have nowhere to hide. So if you lose, you lose. They see you lose, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, okay, guys, I go, it, it's all out in front of you. You see if I take a loss, you see if I take a win, and that's it, right? Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It, it sure, it sure is. It sure is. <laughs> um, so have you, um, I guess one more thing and then then, uh, we'll move on. Maybe some miscellaneous stuff. Um, I just guess like currently, um, you know, we were speaking beforehand. I said like shorting, you, you agreed as well. Are you doing much? Like I find myself not shorting as much, especially here, like recently, like on this run up, uh, has it been the same for you or are you still been getting some good shorts in? Well, sometimes I get good shorts in, um, like clack, you know, when, you know, KLAC, you know, I, okay. I, um, I'll, I'll short on big rips up, you know, cause odds are it pulls in. Sure. Um, most of my trades are to the long side, but I do take counter trend trades. Um, like I was short Apple a couple of days ago. I covered mm-hmm. yesterday morning. Um, you know, I'll do things like that, but obviously my trades are mostly geared towards the long side. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. um, and if I am in a short and I want to stay with it, I'll add to it, even if it goes up to a degree, and then I'll see, and then maybe if I add to it, it presses and it drops, if I cover it all or or stay with the trade or not, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Um, but yeah, mostly long during this time. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I, I guess, um, well, I, any, um, I guess like any, just like macro thoughts, um, currently or what, what I think about the market or, yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I, I this is more question for the listeners. I don't really like, I don't really have any opinions on these things. I'm not sure if you do. Yeah, no, you know, it is. I kind of, you know, listen, you have to go with the flow and you have to go where, um, where the market's telling you to go. I mean, would I think a nice cool off period would be healthy? I mean, Mm -hmm. we could, you know, if, if we say, say the S and P, let's say drop down to 4,000 or 3,900, I know people say, oh, wow, that's a 10% move, but look at the move we've already had. Yeah. Right. So if you pulled in and contracted, you know, you're still holding like all the channels and then maybe then you have lift off into year end. Right. And then yeah. maybe only back to this level at 4,400 on the S&P, let's say, you know, um, but, you know, I think it would be healthier to pull in. Doesn't mean it will. So you almost have to follow price. So I can't say, oh, a prediction what I think, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are gaps below in the market and sometimes market likes to fill gaps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And- uh, have have you um done any crypto trading or investing? No, I'll do um stocks that you could actually trade. Like, yeah, sure. Like like MSTR or Coin, like that mm-hmm. actually trade. But I don't invest in crypto stocks. I'm not a crypto. <laughs> not, not a crypto person, no. <laughs> no, I'm not a crypto person. I don't even know how to do it. No, and I'd I'd be like, I don't even know where it is. It's like in the air. I have no idea. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm not good with technology. I want my computer to turn on every day. So that to me, I'm like, but where is it? I don't understand. If I could physically trade it like on my account, great. But if I can't, no, no dice. I have no idea where it is. Yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. there's crypto exchange, all that stuff. You could go do that. And I don't even know how to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, all right, here we go. We got some, I uh, got uh, just a few miscellaneous questions for you. And I'll get you on your way. Thanks. Thanks yes. so much, Ken. Been a gracious, uh, gracious guest. Uh, I think it's my only podcast I've done by myself. I think JJ's always been here. Oh, I miss him. He always has those funny um, pictures, right? Yeah. 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 He's awesome. Shout out to JJ. He's a character. Well, well, Uh, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Yeah. It's been awesome. So um, I know you mentioned running. Um, What what other hobbies? What do you do when market hours are closed? Um, Well, I love running. Yes, I'm Mm -hmm. a runner. Um, Well, my dog is very old now, but her and I would go like, you know, on huge, huge, you know, huge walks together or like little field trips together. Um, I'd say I'd like to travel, but it's, um, you know, with working in the market, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult right now. Sure. <laughs> you sure. know, um, of course, I always spending time with family and going out and doing fun things, exploring new restaurants. Like I enjoy eating. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I miss my New York food. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I know. Absolutely. How's, um? I, I guess, how's your, um, I don't think we said this on air, but Kim moved to Georgia what a few years ago. Mm-hmm. How's uh, how's the transition from being a New Yorker to now living in the South? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's very slow, and I'm like this, like like people call me like an Energizer Bunny. I'm like, <laughs> you know, and like I'm in a store and I'm waiting. I'm like, God, why is it so slow? Everything's so slow. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I'm like, I could do that for the person. Just let me do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, like I'm like, God, it's just so slow. Everything's like everything, but like chill. And they tell me I'm just too on like New York, like fast time. <laughs> yeah, 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 for it, sure. It, it's the slowness gets me a little bit. Like people say, I need to like take a little chill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Um, how's um? So I, I guess what 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 brought you down to uh, Georgia? Um. I do have some family down here. I mean, we're from New York, my family. I mean, mm-hmm. I lived in New York my whole life. Um, uh, I think COVID kind of tipped me over. I just said, okay, the city's mm-hmm. not what it was. I don't, it still isn't. And I just said, you know, it's like all the violence going on. I couldn't even get on the subway. You know, I, you know, it's funny. I lived in the city for 25 years, you know, and, you know, not that you never looked over your back, but you did. You know, you always had to be aware of your surroundings but it's like it never felt so much more 
like after and the crime ticking up and getting on a subway. I mean, I was there one time. It was the first time I was actually scared. I was like, okay, maybe I'm not going to take the subway anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's just different. It's, it is different. And I I go back to see my family. My dad's up there and I, and my, my two other brothers and my stepmom and I go up there and it's just not as clean, dirty, you know, mm. I just miss the food. Yeah, just, <laughs> <laughs> just the food. Yeah. Yeah. I want pizza, Italian food. <laughs> bagels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Oh my God. I, I, I love the bagels. Uh, you know, there's not, you know, I live in Florida and you know, some of the pizza is not bad. I'll like there, I found some good places to go to. Um, can't, can't not even close to the bagels. I, I, well, I miss the bagels. Come on. I love, I love oh my God. I love the bagels. I, I used to, you know, I, I told you I'm going in a couple of weeks. I, I usually bring some bagels back with me. <laughs> you know, yeah, we just... do. I carry them like in a Ziploc bag. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I put them in my, cause I, I just carry on cause I'm too lazy to check my bag ever. So I like stuff them in there <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Then freeze them. I brought back bagels. I was up there for father's day. I brought back like all these bagels. <laughs> yeah. 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 Excellent. Excellent. Frozen uh, we'll, or not, they taste good. <laughs> I, I, uh, I go for, um, uh, everything bagel. What about, what about you? What do you like? I like, I like them all. Um, I'm, I like sesame and poppy and mm-hmm. sometimes places have a sourdough one that I love. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I haven't like tried sourdough. Ex- what? I haven't tried sourdough. I'll have to try that. Oh, it was good. And toasty, extra crispy. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Um, Kim, are, are you a uh, reader at all? Do you have any book recommendations for us? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I know I see you always ask about, so I love, yeah. you know, I love, I love, um, mysteries. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So did you Give ever us- read? Do you know this author, um, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child? No, I'm not familiar. No, no. Okay. So it's all these series. I mean, they have many, many series. So I love mysteries. And okay. So them. so this is fiction, yeah? Fiction, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Tell us. Yeah, you yeah, got to so. get your mind off the market. I don't want to read. I've You're read right. books. I read them all. I love them. They're great. But at night, I want to read a mystery. Um, Douglas Preston and Lincoln Child, um, the main character in it, you have to go through it's I think it's like 10 or 12 books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about this this detective um, Pendergrast Pendergrast. And it's unbelievable. It goes it's so many novels. I mean, it's like 10 novels. It's great. You got to start them in order. But um, it, it, he's just he's just a great character and everything they do, these twists, these turns and everything. And it's like a trilogy. I mean, natural. I mean, it's like uh, 10 or 12 books. Okay. Wow. Unbelievable. So you could keep going. And I just always enjoyed that book. Excellent. Excellent. Did you ever read Cain and Abel too? No, no. Read- okay. By Who's Jeffrey he- Archer. No, no, no. I haven't read that neither. You, you read a lot, right? I, I do. You know, I'm, I've gotten into fiction the past couple of years, but I'm like, I, I just got into fiction. Someone, uh, someone oh, told you're... me, it's like, you're, you're, you're missing out so much not reading fiction. Cause I'm always like, oh, just, I want to read like history. Like, uh, I, I don't know. I like history. I like biographies. I you like, do? That's I great. do. I know yeah. me. I'm like with my fiction books. So there's a great book called Kane, K A N E. And it's okay. and 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 then Abel, A-B-E-L. I've definitely heard of this. I've heard of this. Is, this is a classic, right? Yeah, yeah. Classic. And the author is Jeffrey Archer. Unbelievable book. Great book. It's about these, you know, twins separated at birth and everything, mm-hmm. how one goes one direction, one's evil, one's good. It's a great book. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I put that down. I put that down. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's why at night I read my mysteries and then I fall. I So reading puts me asleep. Like, yeah, same. I read same. like five page. So it takes me about eight months to get through one book because I don't know what it is. I just pass out in four pages. <laughs> I'm like, I read. I'm like, huh? <laughs> My mom flies through a book in two weeks. I'm like eight months later. She's like, you're still in the book. I'm like, it's great. <laughs> five pages, max 10 in a night. It's, it's tough. I know I, same thing, same thing with me. And actually I, I do that if I'm like a little like restless or, you know, having trouble. I'm like, a book will always work for me. Um, but yeah, I have to do it like at least like two hours before I normally would like fall asleep so I can at least get, you know. No, I don't know what it does, even if it's two hours before. Like, so I you're, think still, it's just... you're still, you're <laughs> still. I'm like, it's like a drug. 
<laughs> it's like probably like having a turkey dinner. It's like, you know, <laughs> like that's, <boom. laughs> that's funny. It, it just, it must be like just the, the, um, it hypnotizes me or something. I don't the know the absorption, like the focus. I don't know. I, know. The uh, I don't even know what it does. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, it's very weird, huh? Yeah, so that's cool. I got I, I wrote down that Cain and Abel because I don't know the twelve part series might be much for me to get started. Okay, but Cain and Abel, you'll enjoy that. I will. I will. I um, think you will. Yeah, yeah. I um, you know, I people might laugh at me for just finally getting to this book. Um, but I just well, not I didn't just finish, but it, a little while ago, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, Steinbeck, what was it? A Garden of Eden. I don't know if you read that. No, but I've heard of it. Yeah, that was, I really enjoyed that one. That one was, was really excellent. And, um, yeah, I'm like, I, I remember I started reading it. I'm like, man, what am I missing with fiction? I'm always just been like a hardcore, just like, you know, or, or practical reader, like stuff that might help me, you know, and, and, you know, just practical stuff. But the fiction, I think is, right, right, right. Uh, just gives you different ideas, gives you different, um, I, I don't know how to, to phrase it, but it's excellent. Um, all right, Kim. Um, all right. Well, we, I guess we kind of already talked about food a little bit. I always like asking people, like, if you had a final meal, what, what would the final meal be? Pizza. I love that. That's a great one. That's a great one. Is it between that or chicken parmesan? <laughs> chicken parmesan. <laughs> anything oh, I mean, on the pizza? I love steak too, but I mean, it's really hard. But I think I'll go with pizza. That's excellent. Anything on the pizza? No, I'll just have it plain, regular. Jeez. Okay. I, I do like stuff on it, but I'm like, mm, just a good margarita pizza. Really good. Oh, okay. How about okay. you? What would be your final? Ooh, um, you know what? I, I really I think pizza's a great one and I would be definitely fine with like pepperoni. I would put pepperoni. I like pepperoni. Um I think for me, um, I love omelets. I don't I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know if that's kinda weird to do, but I oh. I just love it. It's it's a good like uh it's a good lean meal. I just feel right. good after eating an omelet like eggs. I don't know. I, right. Well, for me, I guess the pizza. I could put chicken parm on the pizza. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just get crazy with it. Yeah. Last meal. Exactly. Um. <laughs> all right. So last one here, Kim, and I'll yeah. let you get going. Um. I guess you know it's it's probably tough to just boil it down to one piece of advice. But if you only had one piece of advice you'd give to a trader just starting out, what would it be? Start small and nice. don't have big expectations. Don't say, oh, my God, look at this guy's making 5000 10000 2000 a day. No, mm-hmm. don't listen to it. Put earmuffs on. Mm-hmm. Go, go, go. You know, don't listen to that. And some of these traders are like, oh, wow, I buy 10,000 shares. You know, okay. Um, maybe some do, but you know, okay. You know, maybe it's, that's like the men flexing their muscles or something like I'm not a big trader. I never say I'm a big trader, you know, compared to what other people say that they trade, you know? Um, but I like to be consistent and make consistent money. Right. So you start small, whether it's five shares, 10 shares, just so you get the feel and the rhythm and you start to build confidence. You want to be good at the trade. Then you can work on the share size. Risk always has to be started at first, but start small, work your way up, but be consistent. And if you're consistent over time, then you can start increasing your shares. And don't worry about, oh, I, but I want to make that, but I want to make that. And don't be scared. And the biggest thing is taking a loss is a lesson too. Mm. So work it into your plan, right? Mm. So take that loss learn from it. Or, you know, sometimes it was a great setup and the stock failed. So it's not your fault. It just did it failed. And then you move on and that's it. And you come back to the next trade or the next day or whatever it is, but don't be negged out. And sometimes a name had a perfect setup and it failed. Yep. And that's, that's the way it goes. Right. That was great. That was great. That, that was, that was beautifully put. That really oh, was. And, and I think, you know, that's, that's one thing I really try and tell people too, Kim, um, with uh in respect to what you said about like blocking out it doesn't matter what this other guy said or like you said a lot of times these i don't even know if these these people are just flexing like you like you put it it's i think trading is like uh at least the way i look at it it's a game within myself it's me versus me nobody else and it's a personal journey right i'm not i'm not competing against you you know if if i buy x amount of shares that could be that could be a quadrillionaire in the room buying triple me quadruple me i don't know what they're doing i don't ask them 
You know what I mean? It's such a personal journey. And I tell them to start small. There's no shame in that. And you work your way up. And then if you get your hit right and you consistently make money, you could increase that to a certain level. And you know what? You might never be. I won't ever be that big trader that's buying 10,000 shares of stock because I don't feel comfortable. I don't have that in me to do that. And let's say whether I had the money or not, I just don't have that. You know, if I was sitting in institutional desk working with a hedge fund manager, that's very different, but I'm not trading my own money. Right. So I'm going to be a little bit more diligent. And even if I did get bigger, meaning even though my portfolio increases, that doesn't mean I'm going to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. That that was, that that was, yeah, like I said, that was beautifully put. And I I think people, the listeners need to really take that to to heart because it is, I mean, I think you can even say that for life too. Like it's not about comparing to other people. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a, it's an inward journey. Yeah. You know, as they say, you don't need to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's a great note for us to end on there. So that's that's going to thank you for having me. My my pleasure. I had so much fun. It was was nice meeting you. Yes. Yes. And so that's going to conclude today's episode of confessions of a market maker if you guys enjoyed this episode please rate and review it for us if you'd like to join a supportive and professional community of traders you can join us at microefutures.com. uh kim before you go let the listeners know uh where they can find you and uh anything else uh you'd like them to know yeah you can oh well thank you so much but you can find me uh, you can look up stock market media um i have a room there trading room and um you can always reach out to me on linkedin Kimberly Sokoloff, if you like. <laughs> Always reach out anytime. <laughs> Happy excellent. to answer any questions. Excellent, excellent. So for Kim Sokoloff, I'm Cannoli Fingers. <laughs> you stop, so. <laughs> <laughs>